Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Career Catharsis Show. I'm your host, Neha Koram, and each week I chat with experts in the fields of workplace wellness and career transformation to help you succeed in your personal and professional lives. Today, I will be chatting with seasoned recruiter Yorgos Boudouris, who is currently hiring at the best-known e-commerce platform on the planet, Shopify. Yorgos is a thought leader in the recruiting space and an advocate for job seekers, notably sharing his experience with layoffs and sharing tips on how to bounce back in your career. For those that listen till the end, we have a resource to share, an ebook titled From Layoff to Liftoff. So stay tuned. Thank you for joining me on the Career Catharsis show, Yorgos. I'm so happy to have you on to share some of your job searching wisdom. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this. For sure. So I would love for listeners to get a better understanding of your journey as a recruiter, if you could share a bit more. Yeah. So uh, right now I work as a recruiter. I work for Shopify and I'm embedded within our product management organization. And I've been recruiting for, it's well over a decade now, but within tech for maybe the last six years. Um, Recruiting is not a job I had any idea about when I was in university or even before of that, like I never knew it was a thing. Uh, But my first job when I graduated university was a a liaison officer. So I uh, worked for the university and would travel around Ontario, going to all the different high schools and tell them about the university programs where I was, why they should think about going to post-secondary. And uh, I think that's what got me hooked on like the aspects of what being a recruiter is and slowly made my way to being an internal recruiter and, and spending all my days interviewing people. Yeah. Exciting. Okay. And what was your experience like? I know that in the past you have been through a layoff. So today's conversation is centered around layoffs and how people can bounce back from that. So as someone who's not only a recruiter, but as someone who's been through that experience, would love to know how, how that affected you and if you could share some details there. Yeah, it's such a jarring contrast, right, to talk about that all day I interview people and I hire them, and then to also have this story of what it's like to be um, laid off and removed from my position that's usually all about growth. So yeah, I've tried... uh, tried a lot to share my story more and more this year, especially because we've seen such a widespread uh, layoff happen across all industries. And and also within tech, we know layoffs are common. Uh, But yeah, I was laid off for the first time a few years ago. Um, I was laid off from an opportunity that I had been working at for about six months, a high growth uh, tech startup here in Toronto. And it really broke me (laughs) in a lot of ways is kind of what I'll say. I I wish I had a better spin on the 
that an initial journey and what it was like afterwards. But the truth is, is yeah, it broke me. It broke my heart. It made me question a lot of the work I was doing. Um, so there's lots of pieces that I can talk about. Um, and I'm happy to go into any detail, but just to maybe give a better understanding of it was I was a part of a group layoff. And so there were 14 other people who had been laid off with me at the same time. Uh, I remember the day very well. Uh, it was a Tuesday. Uh, I know I showed up to the office early that day and my spidey senses were a wee bit engaged because a bunch of the executives and a few people from the HR team were all in a boardroom meeting prior to 8 a.m. And that was suspect. That never really happened uh, in the organization. And I was like, huh, I wonder what they're meeting about. And then the other telltale sign was my manager at the time. And he and I have spoken about this often since. Uh, he ignored me uh, all morning. So he was just avoiding me and I couldn't figure out why. It was like, we had a very close relationship. Uh, I admired him then and I still do to this day. Um, and I couldn't figure out why my manager was avoiding me. And lo and behold, I'd say within, a, maybe by I think about like 9.30 that morning, uh, people started to go into this like closed off room in the office and one by one it was like a conveyor belt of people were just laid off and I uh, was the person who was sitting the closest to the room and so I just sort of watched it as it happened. I didn't think that I would have been a part of it. I, I think I'm honest when I say that um, but I was the last one laid off that day so eventually uh, my manager walked over to me and said hey can we come have a chat I got into the room and uh, there was our head of people and him and I knew exactly what was going to happen and it was in and out in a heartbeat really right after. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I don't think companies know what the correct way to do it is. I don't think there's necessarily the right way uh, to go about it, but there's things that companies can certainly do to make it a more human, um, you know, process. Um, so it's good to know that your manager and you are on good terms now, but I can only imagine how awkward it must have been that day, especially when you have a close relationship and you're not talking the day of. Um, but if you could share something about the aftermath of that, and, you know, I understand that it took you some time, but I would be curious to know if you just have a number one tip for listeners that may have been laid off and put in that position this year. Um, what is the aftermath of that and any advice you have there? Yeah, so I think that uh, speaking about my manager is an important one. And yeah. so despite that immediate shock and, and that hurt, um, he and I spoke that evening. And in my mind, I thought, hey, I need you. You mm -hmm. are someone who's seen my work, you know the quality of it, and I'm going to need you to bat for me uh, when I apply for other jobs to get me in contact. And so in some ways I say like, I put him to work. Uh, mm. I left that uh, layoff. I got my box. I walked home and I started putting together a spreadsheet right away of all the places that were hiring, who I thought were the hiring managers, all of those pieces. And the first person I sent it to was my former boss to be like, hey, who do you know? 
who can you get me in touch with? And so that is one action that I'm proud that I took Mm -hmm. and that I don't know if it's like I was able to put my ego aside or any of that and just saw it as like, for this relationship right now, he is a tool to me Mm -hmm. and a really good one. And so use it. And I, I would say that's probably true for a lot of people who have been a part of mass layoffs Um, you know, it's not as personal as if you were let go individually or if you were fired or any of that kind of stuff. Um, These layoffs just tend to be as a result of, you know, business not being as successful as they projected. So if you're able to look at your peers and certainly look at the people who could attest to your work, um, I I think that's healthy. But uh, something else that was a learning experience for me, and, and this goes back to maybe how I processed the layoff was, I didn't realize how much it impacted me until I'd say several weeks after when I was lucky to start in another role. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was able to land a job fairly quickly after my layoff, which is a a very privileged place to be. And then after about two weeks of starting at that new organization, I remembered how, yeah, sad I was, how much I missed my old team, how much I missed the work. And I just couldn't show up to that role the way I would have in normal circumstances. I don't think I was doing anything spectacular in my role. I wasn't making the connections that I would have otherwise. And um, I had quit that that job with, within exactly three months uh, mm-hmm. to the day. And I, I think that's because I never took time to process. So you, you asked me about what advice I would have is, one, try to be focused on what you're trying to do next, but also give yourself space mm. to really think about what you just went through and, and if there are some impacts that might not be right at the surface, but if they show later. So try to engage with yourself, I think. For sure. I think this is a really important step, right? So as someone who's as motivated as you, you know, you took that initiative to create a spreadsheet and start thinking, well, what are some companies that I could see myself working at? And you did the job of keeping in close contact with your manager to make sure that he was there to champion for you um, as a good reference, but also maybe scoping his network to make some introductions, which is so smart and really brave of you. But to your point, if you jump the gun, if you get into another role too quickly, it might be the wrong role or you might simply just not be in the right headspace to perform as best as you could if you took some time to process, right? So working yeah. through the emotions and really taking a step back, I would say is probably number one, but you can certainly, you know, you can certainly take some action simultaneously without jumping the gun, really. For sure. And I think it's always important to say too, like I tried to find another role right away because just financially oh, I couldn't yeah. be out of work. And so I, you know, everyone knows their own set of circumstances and certainly mm-hmm. there's no judgment there. I thought I had about a month and a couple of weeks mm-hmm. of like enough cash to like get me through. So I was like, oh, I need to get a job right away. But I, I think I distracted myself with the, um, the excitement of interviewing mm-hmm. and all of that that I failed to realize how, yeah, maybe emotionally hurt I was. And so Mm -hmm. if you have to do both at the same time, I I mean, 
you can't help it. But I think that was the one real missing piece for me was I able I was able to do that job search very successfully, but not mm. that like self process. And um, I knew I I knew I, I had not done enough because a year later, a year after I had been laid off, um, and I was uh, at this point uh, well sort of onboarded into a new company that I showed up to you in the right way and that the team I felt so connected with. Um, I remember this so distinctively, but I was, it was at night during the week, I was home, I was taking a bath because that's my jam. And I was uh, checking Slack uh, just in the bath as you do, I, you know, some of us <laughs> can't help it. Um, and I got booted off my work Slack group. It was just like a hard boot off and I went to the login page. And my immediate reaction when that happened was, oh, I've just been fired. I've just been laid off, right. which is so crazy to me that the first thought wasn't that, oh, my password needed to be changed or there's some, you know, whatever error just mm. happened in Slack. My first reaction was, oh, they've laid me off and they messed up. They took away my access before they told me. And I remember crying immediately. I like stewed in that bathtub thinking, oh, I can't believe I've been laid off again. And then of course, as one would rationally like know would happen, mm -hmm. maybe in an hour I was able to log back in because whatever issue was there went away. It was, I was I hadn't fired. It was just, you know, Slack needed to reboot. Mm -hmm. And I got, but that, that memory, that awfulness of like what it feels like to be laid off and your, your access to your company's emails and communications, all of it just came like rushing back. And I, I was so shocked by it that a year later in this completely like unrelated event, I still thought, oh, I am, I am forever going to be panicked about one day finding myself laid off again. I was like, this sucks that this is something that I will always have in the back of my mind. And again, I know that's not like an encouraging thing to say to other folks in this situation, but I think it's almost as if it's something we have to accept and mm -hmm. of course, and not let it demotivate you, but it's, it's a reality. Definitely. And no, thank you for your candor. I think a lot of people may have sim similar symptoms and it helps to talk about it. It helps to know that you're not alone. You're not the only one facing that fear. And in your situation, it ended up being an irrational fear. You were yeah. able to get back on Slack, but for some people, you know, um, maybe, maybe, you know, they, they are going to be set up for that situation again. So it is something that I think, you know, as much as we may call it fear, you know, it's also a bit of a reality that we have to go into our job interviews, really scoping whether or not this company is going to be able to sustain the type of growth that they're projecting, you know, is my role going to be one that's going to be integral to that success. Mm -hmm. So really crafting questions around that. And at the end of the day, realizing no one has a crystal ball. So, um, asking the right questions, being mindful of the possibilities, but then also just realizing you can't control everything, right? 100%, yeah. Now, this one I don't think is irrational, but I have, uh, 
in my savings account I have one that's called like in case of layoff <laughs> and that was not something that existed to my prior yeah. to being laid off but now it's there and I think that's actually a good lesson learned to be right. like, okay, you should have a bit of a background or a backup plan especially because you work in tech <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think having a rainy day fund is super important I think I think they say around three to six months minimum of your monthly expenses is a good cushion to start with because usually I would say it's enough time to find a job. Um, but on that note, what do you think people can do to turn their window between jobs into an opportunity? What can people do there? Yeah, I think it's a good time to audit all of your stuff. And, and by stuff, I mean your resume, your LinkedIn profile, how you tell your story and your career history. Um, so yeah, audit those things. I think it's also a really good time to start thinking of the companies you want to work for, understanding that industry, understanding their values as a company and where they're at in their own journey. Um, and try the best you can to think of not only the skills that they're highlighting in job postings, but try to do some searches of people who are doing the job that you might want to apply to and, and see how you can evaluate their skills. So look for some trends and, and things that either you might have or you could upgrade on over the course of this like in-between um, moments. But I think it is really just positioning yourself to be ready uh, for that next opportunity. And it was something that I had started to do and it was really helpful of just mm -hmm. be like, okay, what what have I done up to this point in my career? And then now how am I going to, dare I say, sell myself to the next opportunities? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I myself have been through the experience of the layoff in the past. And so it's happened to me twice. And I think the first time it really was a blessing for me. You know, I immediately went and I enrolled in an HR program, which led to me, you know, gaining the success that I have in my career in HR. So had I not been through the first layoff, I don't think I would have been able to take that step and go back to school. And I think it's just one of those things where 2020 has presented itself as a year where it's just resurfaced this as a topic that I think even the most talented people or, you know, the most quote unquote, stable companies have to rethink things because when you have a major disruption such as COVID, you know, really no industry is immune necessarily. So it's on every company's mind. It's on every person's mind. So it's so important to get the word out there before I think there was sort of a stigma around it and it was hush hush. So it's good to be able to bring some awareness and some tactics on how to move forward after this uh, happens. So with that in mind, I would also want to know what keeps you motivated. Um, so whether it was during the job search, but also on a day-to-day -day basis, now that things are in a more stable flow for you, what, what would you say keeps you motivated? Yeah. Um, it's my curiosity. A hundred percent. I like, this is why I love recruitment. This is why I'm thankful to be speaking to you today. Um, 
my curiosity is what fuels me and like keeps me motivated. And so for me, I've always said is like my best days are the ones where I'm interviewing or connecting with strangers mm-hmm. um, over and over. And it's something that I do think is a real privilege of the job of being a recruiter. And I think it also did help me when I was doing my job transition was even though there were those low days or those moments where you like doubt yourself really significantly, I still wanted to learn what else was happening in the tech ecosystem here in Toronto. I wanted to see what companies were working on new projects or like improving their product lines, whatever. Uh, So I couldn't help but like start, you know, emailing people or asking folks for coffee or that sort of thing. So it, it is my blessing. I don't, I don't really consider myself much of like, I'm not a productivity hacker. Um, I don't, I'm not good at that sort of thing. Um, but if I am curious, then I know I am in a good position in my career and my life. Mm-hmm. Love that. And curiosity is a skill that helps, especially in recruitment, of course, when you're talking to people. But I'd also say with sales, it's a really key skill that people are looking at. But just in general, I think trying to adopt curiosity as a habit for the people who might not necessarily have that naturally, um, it can go such a long way and help present opportunities, especially in the job search, I would say, as you're networking or as you're vetting different opportunities, different companies, it's good to just have a bit of an open mind, but also just trying to ask more questions and trying to get to know things a little bit deeper. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen this too, is like when I'm interviewing people, the ones who are curious tend to ask me just as many questions as I ask them. Um, They're the ones who want to find out the follow-up to what I'm saying because they just are really excited about the company that I'm working for or the projects that we're, we're working on. And so it does lend itself really nicely. I like what you said to, you know, just have to be a recruiter to sort of let this motivate you. It will shine through, uh, especially if you are being interviewed and you're on that job search. Definitely. And the thing about asking questions as a candidate, what I've realized is you always want it to be natural. You want it to be more of a conversation rather than asking questions for the sake of asking questions, Mm -hmm. right? That's one of the worst things you can do is to say something just for the sake of it. So any canned responses or any laundry list of questions is not going to have the same effect as genuine curiosity. So that's something I would want people to be really mindful of too. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. And thinking about a highlight of your career so far, what would you say has been a, a happy moment for you or a highlight looking back? Yeah. There, so I want to cheat and like want to in my answer and say like, well, anytime someone I hired is succeeding in their role, it's a highlight. Like mm. you, I feel proud and a, I don't know, is it like a parent of your child to <laughs> be like, oh, look at them go. I, I'm so happy that I got to be a part of that process and a part of their journey and coming here. But uh, I, I'd be lying if I said that something that happened recently wouldn't be a highlight for me, which is. Um, I mentioned at the start that I work for Shopify and I feel incredibly fortunate to be here. It is also a place that, you know, I myself applied to work here for the first time five or six years ago and was Mm -hmm. unsuccessful. Um, You know, never got past the phone screen at that stage. Uh, And I never wanted to lose sight of this organization. I never wanted to lose, uh, 
sort of focus on what Shopify's mission is and how I felt it fit within my own values. And so to go from a place of not moving forward in those early days to now being a member of the team is something I, I'm, I'm proud of myself for doing. Yeah. So exciting. So that's a personal achievement there. That's a highlight, being able to join the Shopify team and not taking the initial no as a final no, which is great. And you're absolutely right. As a recruiter, once you help somebody find a job, there's nothing more exciting. So it's good to know that you have something that's part of your job that you you can feel, you know, on an ongoing basis is a highlight. So that just goes to show that you're in the right role as well. So I think that feeling is accessible to everyone. Everyone should be striving to find a job where, you know, they, they feel motivated and they feel like they're making an impact and they're having these highlights on an ongoing basis. That's really um, what having a work life that's aligned with your values, aligned with your skills can feel like. So really encouraging to hear that. And it's not, I always think too, I, I know some people maybe don't, aren't so much focused on like that value fit with an organization or any of that. And, and you know, you don't have to be. One of the reasons why it's so important to me is just because I'm talking about the place I work so much in a day. You know, typically I have about five to eight interviews any day. And so I, I need to feel that personal connection for me not to get sick of listening to myself talk, to be honest. <laughs> you know, that's, the, that's always like a good gauge of whether or not you're recruiting for the right company is like, am I sick of answering the question of why I like working here and why I like what we do? Uh, and so it, maybe that's the extra lens that uh, folks who work in recruitment have that I, I don't, I don't want to make seem as though everyone needs to really be focused on that value side. I, I appreciate mm. that people show up to work for, for very different reasons. That's very true. That's true. So for some people, a job is a job and that's fine too, right? They might have other parts of their lives that deliver that meaning, that purpose. So it doesn't always have to be tied to your job, which is a good point too. And what would you say are some ways that candidates can talk about their layoff in an interview? I know that this is something people might be hesitant to share. What is your advice around that? Yeah, so immediately, I think we can break it down into different categories almost, but if you have been impacted as a result of COVID-19, do not be hesitant to say that. There is no shame in anything that you have done. These are dramatic sets, a set of circumstances that has impacted every single one in the world. So I, I want to make that very clear, and I can't speak for all recruiters, but I can speak for myself, is the second someone tells me, oh, it was because of COVID-19 and we are experiencing loss in the business, I hear that and I move on. Like, there's no judgment there. And so I really hope that people aren't uh, nervous about sharing that story, if that's the case. I also feel that way if you are part of other types of mass layoffs. So I shared that I was a part of a group of 15. I led with that. You know, when I reached out to hiring managers, when I was interviewing, they asked, why aren't you in X anymore? I said, oh, I was a part of a layoff with 14 others. Because for me, it was like, that's not personal. That's not mm-hmm. something I did. This is not a demonstration of my lack of good work. It was business planning that didn't come to fruition. Uh, so again, I felt no shame in that. I didn't want to hesitate. 
out of all of the interviews I did at that time, and maybe there were about, I think, 10 to 15 places I interviewed with mm. after I was laid off, only one person, I think, was critical of me and the layoff. Uh, and that felt like that was a that was just that person specific and no one else had any harbor of what I would say was a judgment towards it. Um, and I, I would hope that would be true for everyone else that, you know, the majority of folks are going to hear what you're saying. And again, it won't be personal. If it is like a one-off, if you were just laid off as a lone individual, if there was something related to performance, as much as you can, I think, try to figure out why that is and why you might have performed that way. I myself have been in organizations where I don't think I've performed as good as other places and because there were external factors that affected that, whether it was you know, not the right company, whether it was just something personally going on in my life. So those are all things that I think you have to be comfortable if I say like auditing again. Mm -hmm. um, and so don't, don't hesitate to look at that. One maybe last note I will say is if you've been laid off, it's an abrupt end to your role at a company, which means you probably had a bunch of stuff that you were still hoping mm -hmm. to do or working on. Mm -hmm. It's really important for you to write down what those things were, because that is something I want to hear as a recruiter. If, you know, if you're working at X company and then you were laid off as a result of COVID-19, if you are able to tell me what you still wanted to work on, what was in your planning, that shows me how engaged you were in your work. And that's a positive. Um, so that's something I had done when I had been laid off was just track right away. Like, oh, here are like my 10 to do's that I still wanted to check off my list. And so if you're able to do that, if you're able to re kind of engage in that conversation with yourself, try to do it as soon as possible. Cause it's a, it's a good news story for a recruiter if you're able to share mm -hmm. that. That's excellent advice. I think it can be a lot for people who are going through the emotional wave of the situation that they might not think of all the practical stuff. But I think when all those projects are still fresh in your memory, such a good idea to just jot them down and sort of just think about, well, what was I going to be working on this week and next week? And, and then just put it away. And then you have a list there that you can reference once you start interviewing or once you start writing your resume. Now you have some potential accomplishments that you can list that will help you get back in the weeds of, of the job search. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's good for you to just read it over again. Mm -hmm. Like it, I, this isn't a new idea, but I have a praise folder that I have nice. like anytime someone says something remotely nice, you know, I <laughs> screenshot it and keep it uh, varying degrees of, uh, you know, yeah, of, of positive feedback. But, you know, sometimes I'll reflect on those conversations too to, to remind yourself mm -hmm. of, yeah, I, I am capable. I, I have accomplished things I'm proud of. Definitely. I think the idea of a praise folder is so important. So I think even in your one-on-ones, especially for folks that are trying to climb up and get a promotion, having a praise folder and being able to reference that in your one-on-ones with your manager, even it's a great way to showcase what other people on your team or other teams have to say about your work and how you're being trusted. Right. So Definitely, you know, good for your own personal confidence and feeling accomplished, but to even share with your manager is a really good idea. Yeah. And 
something that you mentioned about whether it was a loan layoff or whether it was part of a group, I would love to make that distinction, right? So I know that when we talk about layoffs and we talk about getting fired, you know, we kind of, we, we confuse both terms because it, it feels more or less like one or the other. It's, you know, we don't talk about it as, as clean cut as two different things, right? So being laid off means that it's a business decision based on sometimes there's mergers and acquisitions that just don't have the need for the same headcount. So it might be because of that, or it might be because, you know, a business unit is not profitable or they're moving in a different direction you've been made redundant. So those are layoffs. It's not within your control necessarily. And like you said, it's it's not something that's happening necessarily to you on a personal level, uh, not to take away, obviously, the emotions that come with that, but it's more of a wider, broader decision. Whereas being fired, that you know, has to do with performance or something that's more one-on-one. So as you had pointed out, rightly so, doing a bit of reflection around what it is that happened there and whether you could have done something differently, whether there's some accountability that you can take to make sure that you don't find yourself in that situation again in the future. And sometimes it could just be as simple as you being in the wrong role. Maybe your performance was a certain way because you were in the wrong role, but that's not going to be indicative of your performance necessarily in a different role. Or if you kind of get, you know, get things back together and are in a different mindset too. I I fully agree with that. And I, Mm -hmm. again, I've been in those situations too, where, uh, you know, I might have joined the wrong company and I wasn't assessing the situation well enough in terms of what I was looking for. But typically, if you have been fired or let go as like a one-off or as the individual, I would hope that there are meetings that lead up to that decision Mm -hmm. that talk about performance and improvements and that people are trying to put you on a a more successful track. I, I hope that is the case. And so in my way of looking at it, it should feel not that it's not still shocking, but it, maybe it's less of a blind side than mm. a layoff type situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's, it's not my speciality in that sense, but that's how I differentiate it in my mind. Mm-hmm. And again, regardless of the set of circumstances, you still want to, you know, look at what happened to you. I think another way of sometimes thinking of it is like, would you be rehired in that organization? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, and that's another way of thinking like, okay, what happened here? Yeah. And what is your level of attribution to, to that decision? Absolutely. So do you have any general advice for job seekers? Yeah. This is a word we've used a few times, but focus on your accomplishments. So when you look at job postings or or that sort of language, it's typically in the language of responsibilities. Uh, And those are fairly generic to anyone who does the job that you're doing. What will differentiate you as you apply or start speaking to recruiters or hiring managers is how you are able to discuss your accomplishments, which is usually something that can be measured um, to some degree or another. So that's something I, I would use as a recommendation is let's try to avoid uh, sort of that historical look at our responsibilities in our roles and instead start pivoting on what your accomplishments are. So in to give an example, myself as a recruiter, 
you know, a responsibility would be that I interview people on a daily basis. That's generic though, any recruiter is doing that. If I move it more towards an accomplishment, I would talk to how many people I have hired in a month or over the course of a year in an organization I was working with and maybe how many different types of roles I was hiring for uh, and how, you know, what parts of the organization I was supporting. You're just trying to get more and more specific. And again, I, I tend to think it is as something that can be quantified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. So thinking about accomplishments, but thinking about what can be quantified. So for a lot of people, they might not be in a metrics driven role and they might struggle with that. So I, I would just try to ask yourself some good questions about, you know, how many sessions are you running if you are part of the audio team for a company and just, you know, how many sessions are you recording, for example? Um, or if it is really more of a qualitative based role, you can still highlight some accomplishments there, but just think about the impact that you've had and make sure that on your resume, for example, you're able to talk about the impact or maybe talk about some stakeholders and how, you know, what you were doing mattered to them. Um, So that's a really great point. And then are there any other final thoughts on your end? I think just with the, with the job market as it is, and still this, uh, we're still at a point where we haven't recovered uh, for what we've seen as a result of COVID-19, and we might not uh, for a while. Uh, I hope that anyone who is out of work as a result of COVID-19 or you know, your ability to find new roles has been restricted now uh, because of the, the lack of openings quite like this time last year is, yeah, as much as you can, don't blame yourself. I would hate to know that there's these groups of people who are taking it as a sign of um, of lack on their end, I, I would say. So that's my one piece of advice as much as you can is just, you know, don't let this dynamic set of circumstances uh, make you doubt uh, what you're mm-hmm. capable of. And I think it's also a time where people have been more generous than I've seen before when it comes to making connections, when it comes to sharing advice or helping someone if they are searching for their role. So it might also be a good time to start, you know, interacting with other people and sending out those messages. Not that everyone will respond, but in my experience these last couple of months, there's this, this spirit of generosity that is really refreshing. Certainly there's this appetite to help and to give back. People are very much aware of the times we are all in and they want to do something to give back. And such a great point about not being hard on yourself and not blaming yourself. So with that, I'd like to thank you so much for being on the Career Catharsis show and for sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on the topic of layoffs. As promised, I would like to send you a free copy of my ebook titled From Layoff to Liftoff, How to Bounce Back in Your Career. Please visit the show notes and follow the prompts to claim your copy and own your career journey. You may also connect with myself and today's guest, Yorgos, on LinkedIn. Simply visit the show notes to send us a connection request. And we'd love to hear what part of today's episode resonated with you. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Career Catharsis podcast. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with somebody that you know to inspire someone to take the next step in their career. Send me your feedback at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or find me on LinkedIn. Simply type my name, Neha Koram, and you'll find me. Looking forward to connecting and see you next time.